0: Howdy gang, backcountry and barbells, Jeremy, Day, Jay Schmonick, i uh, talking, uh, we'll have an excited chat today, Jeremy, but uh, um, I am so excited for the weekend to come, we are on at, at, at the release of this show, um, Elk Camp will, will be in Elk Camp, but um, you know, as we record this show, um, we are just days away from uh, getting in the truck, getting out to the spot and, and uh, chasing some bugling bulls around, man, how fired up are you? Dude, I am so
1: freaking pumped up. I can't even stand it. I yeah. got the truck all loaded, ready to go. I'm going to hitch up to the trailer and be out.
0: Okay. So we got a, so we grabbed the full setup, not just the truck, it's a truck and a trailer.
1: Well, the trailer is just a flatbed trailer because I'm gonna grab a bunch of firewood for the season.
0: Okay. Oh, fired up. Yeah. So that's right. Because where we're at, and I was trying to explain somebody about what we're doing. I'm like, no, this is it's public land that we're accessing and we can access it. But with this one, you know, you know, you just gotta you gotta pay for the permit. And but along with the permit, I mean, the permit's pretty cool in my opinion. You know, you get a year's access. Um, you get to pull some firewood off, and, and you get to do a bunch of cool stuff on the land. And even, you know, if you're mushroom picking and, and all that stuff, you have access to it. So um, it's... Yeah, it's,
1: berries, it's- and, and you can... Include your whole family can yeah. be
0: there, including your wife, which is nice. Yeah. It's not just
1: for one person, right?
0: Well, I was thinking about my mistress, not my wife in that regard, but, you know, we're working that out. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, well, my mistress is Beatrix, you know, and that's, I named my bow Beatrix because I consider oh. archery and hunting my mistress, but, uh, but you know, take that as you want. Well, I'm
1: glad you clarified that. I was starting
0: to. Yeah. Um. You're pretty candid, Joe, you know, but, uh, <laughs> But uh, no man it's it's super fun. Um really excited. Uh, second elk camp for me. Uh, what camp is this for you, Jeremy? I mean this years?
1: would be 20 25
0: or 26. Ooh. That's yeah. that's a long going and I'm um, just I how much finger crossing are you doing that all the elk we saw 3 weeks ago while we were just tinkering with the spot are still in the area? You think you no, couldn't... I'm I'm pretty sure they
1: are. I mean, those are all resident herds. They were all different areas and um unless a lot a bunch of knuckleheads get in there, but what they'll do is they'll just push them higher and not too many people hunt the higher ground because it's to, to access it is kind of a pain in the butt. Okay. So and and it's pretty thick and dense up there.
0: I like the sound of that. And I tell you I can't I can't stop thinking about that that bull we saw. Um you know that bull that was right by camp. I remember going out there with some of the guys from camp and the kids and we went out there to just go get eyes on that herd that y'all had saw before you went out earlier. And uh I remember sitting there and we're like, "Oh, I guess they're gone." And I'm just I'm just I'm just kind of glassing the top of that ridge and I'm like that that tree branch is moving. And, uh, there it was, is that five by six. And all of a sudden that five by six and, uh, and a couple, um, a couple cows started matriculating over the top of the ridge. And it, again, I'll tell you what it was awesome, man. I can't wait, for, I can't wait to bring the kiddo out there. Um, it was cool to watch my son talk about it. And, and even today, um, even yesterday, my son was like, he, he was giving me ideas about hunting camp. He, he kept saying, you know, dad, when we saw those elk, they were going into the woods, and he goes, maybe if if you see him again, you should set up in the woods where they were going, and then you can get one.
1: <laughs> That's good thinking. Yes, I thought you were going to say something like, "Dad, when you're there at elk
0: camp, you need to get a stack of wood." Oh yeah, <laughs> and chop it. Yeah. He's still talking about chopping all that firewood, but um,
1: man, he was. He, I had I don't know if I've ever seen a kid chop wood for two days straight without stopping. He's maniac. You know? That was awesome, dude. He he found a little thing that he enjoyed, and he
0: jumped right on board. Yeah, and again, we talked about this with, on the um on the on boys podcast with with um with those ladies, and you know, so boys who have these issues with like attention and whatever. And maybe they don't behave well. You know, sometimes they just need something to do that. They'd like, yeah, that's doing. just it, <laughs> you know? Okay, man. You know, and even I'm finding that like in my, um, as I start the new school year off at my school, it's like, you know, these kids with behavior issues, you know, maybe it's the fact that they don't like doing all day stuff they don't like to do. And eventually they just get pissed about it and react. So, you know, that during the school day, it's you have to find these give and take moments where where you, where you let these guys blow off some steam, blow off some energy. But uh, I think my son's that way. I mean, I can tell with him when he picks up new things and things are going on that he's just not comfortable with. I mean, he's a young kid, so he likes to do stuff that he's good at. You know, so right. when when you know when he's nervous and he doesn't like to do it, he can kind of shut in and get shy, and he starts acting out and he gets clingy. But man when he when he is into something he is all in i mean he'll build lego's for hours i mean the way he attacked baseball season was just i want to hit i want to hit i want to hit and then damn it he wanted to chop wood It's awesome <laughs> <He sure did. laughs>
1: well you know what's interesting about kids is that you, you pin them up for a while and then you release them and then they just go nuts and it's it's kind of the same thing with when you go bird hunting and and training your dog when you first get to the hunting site, what I do is I let my dog out and let them run. Like, mm-hmm. get, let them get out energy out. They're so excited to be free and and do their thing that they need to just run some laps. And I'll let them run for 15, 20 minutes while we're staging and getting ready. And then once we're into the, um, the planes, then they're down and then they start working. But what, how, what it used to be, I'd let them out of the pen, and then we'd go hunting, and they would get out of range, or they would just—they would just have this so much energy they just wouldn't listen. Mm. And um, and they and I think as society as a whole, that's what we're doing now. We're pinning up these kids, we're pinning up ourselves, and then we get out to do something, and then you know we can't run or jump or whatever quick enough.
0: Well, you know, it's just like Jack Torrance said, you know, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy and uh you know jack torrance you know jack torrance was folks yeah it's a little shining reference but uh it's it's not only makes you a dull boy but jack did more than go dull he went crazy and tried to off his family you know what i mean so right yeah (laughs) i mean that's a bit of an eccentric crazy tale and we all like the movie shining but i think there's some there's some truth in that you know so and that's all kids. so get them out get them active um have fun with it and um Man, any way you can um try to make your kids part of it, I'm really excited i mean he he keeps now asking about coming. He goes, "Do you mean it that I can come to Turkey camp and um, <laughs> I want to come out to that spot and I want to do this and he keeps telling the he keeps telling the girls too. He goes, You know what Daddy said? you know you have to go hunting with Daddy." Or well, you can't drive a car. You know what I mean. So we're we're, we're, we're planting those seeds. So um, that, that a boy, that's I'll, awesome. I'll tell you another seed that I've been planting, just to kind of curb my excitement. Not just talk with Mason and the family about what we're doing. I mean, I keep telling. I've been watching like hunting shows on the TV, talking to the kids. I mean, I'm trying to get them fired up about it, and they're, um, it's working. Um, but at my school, I've been using um, I've been using my bugle tube. And I've been using my uh, my Phelps game Scheme calls um, as my whistles to start and finish classes, <laughs> and it, it it's picking up. The kids seem to like it, but um, even they're all super curious about the read. and they're like, "What is that?" And I'm like, "Well, this is a, this is a thing I use to make elk sounds, and uh, what's an elk?" And um, it's cool, man. So even in that regard, um, there's and, and, and the questions I get a lot are like, "You really hunt?" And I'm like, yeah. So it's it's cool. So hopefully in that that way, is awesome. Hopefully in that regard, we can inspire some folks to pick it up. And um, I'm really, you know, um, I know I was all jazzed up to start this archery program, but um, you know, yeah. over the summer, administration of the district came in and stole my archery equipment, Jeremy. No way. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Walked in. Why'd well, they do that? They just. Um, you know what they Six said in the program, they asked the program, I couldn't believe it. So NASP will not be at our school. Uh, pretty bummer. Um, but the all they said to us, it, it, they couldn't go the safety route, because I had prepared a really cool report um, with the folks at NASP that showed how safe it was. And, you know, it's in 14,000 schools, this and that, you know, no one gets hurt. It's a safe, it's safer than bowling if you can imagine this, Jeez. pretty much no one gets hurt. But what they said was they didn't think they could live up to the standards of the NASP grant. So within the grant, they said that there's, you have to expose X amount of kids and do that. And it's just like, how can we not live up to that? We have 750 kids in our school and they're all going to run through it. So um, it's interesting, but I think it was more of, um, we have a new safety. politics. Well, it's a political, it's, I don't even know, I don't know if it's politics or what you want to call it, but I think it's, you know, they're they're scared of the thought of it, you know, I guess, you know, when they and they don't understand it. To me, I'll call it ignorance. It's obviously a bunch of people making a decision about something they don't know anything about. That That's what it comes down to. And it's a real shame because we had a lot of cool educational opportunities. Um, there was a lot of neat, um, we gave them a lot of data. But um, uh, the new, I think, what I can get down to is whoever the new safety person is at the district just didn't want to put the time into learning about the program and rather than, Learn something new, and expose a bunch of kids to um, a really cool program. They just took it away from us. So um, upward number, yeah, onward. that's a crock of crap. I think so, but I think I think the route to go there is um, um, rather than start an archery club, we'll start a. Uh, I'm just going to start an outdoors club where we just will talk about hiking and doing stuff in the outdoors and talk about conservation one way or another. Jeremy, I'm going to plant um, some outdoorsy seeds into these critters. Um, good we're, we're gonna work that out brother
1: yeah that's just that really gets my get your coat.
0: temperature boiling
1: <laughs> no, that just pisses me off man <laughs> well, and <that's> <laughs> trying to think of that politically correct terms here yeah it's while just
0: mic. well you know and you just want don't you just want transparency and the truth
1: yeah and it, and it's too simple but it's just, you know, people are all everybody's too scared in this environment anymore. Politically correct this, you know, don't do this, you're gonna offend that one person out of the seven hundred and twenty people. And
0: well too, and, yeah. and even to put like even to put logistics to it, like we had our bleachers all replaced last year. Very expensive project. And we were like, Well, what's going on? These bleachers look great. And they were like, Well, they showed us one. There was a small pinch at this screw point on the back side. And they're like, yeah, this this is happening on some of these because of the design. Um, and we're like, oh. And we ended up doing the math on it, probably thinking one kid somewhere probably got pinched by this spot. And then they sued the school district. And they ran the math and said, is it is it worth it to have it? Or is it is it more costly to deal with a lawsuit? Or is it more costly to just replace it? And to some degree... I probably think somebody ended up running the math saying what if one of these arrows goes through a kid's eye is it worth the hassle and I think I think that one I think that one in a whatever chance thing and that one in a whatever chance lawsuit is probably the reason they ended up deciding to cancel the program despite the fact that you know in 14,000 schools under this nasty NASP provisions it just doesn't happen but um yeah. up, upward and onward sir <clears throat> upward and onward
1: well, what sucks is that it it just all happens in these inner city schools and not the rural schools. That's what
0: pisses me off well yeah, and that that's what was the big thing with the program. It was like, hey, what a cool chance to 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 expose these kids to these things that they don't get a chance to be exposed to. I mean our school um everybody was excited about it, but then you know the powers that be from above the school decided to up uh... so anyone out there. Who started a program like this? Maybe give us some help. Maybe we can get it back. We'll work through it. But um, we we don't want to turn this show into a downer about Joe's archery program. We want to <laughs> we want to keep we want to keep the mo going um, about uh, elk camp and um, you know. With with camp coming in, um, as guys are setting up their last minute camp, so the way we like to roll our camp, we don't, we're not going to be. We like to set up a nice base camp. So I thought it would be cool to just talk about some of the conveniences of base camp, uh, why having one kind of centralized camp is decent, um, and then talk about a couple maybe last minute items uh, that, that that we have in camp um, that maybe other folks could have in camp, um, just just to make camp awesome. Yeah. So w- when we talk about base camp, Jeremy, uh, uh, the, the, the biggest benefits to it, in your opinion, I mean, you've been doing this for a while and I've ta- just talking with you about how you've hunted, whether it's your big Turkey camp or what you've been doing for elk. It seems like this base camp scenario is, is generally the one that, that, that you do most often.
1: Yeah. So I always um, set up a base camp cause it's kind of like your home away from home, right? So when you're out in the woods, you could stay out in the timber for three or four days, but you come back to a, um, a camp that already has all the essentials. You have your cooking, you have, you, you know, you have your sleeping arrangements already set up, you have a dry area. Um, you have all those, uh, outdoor modern conveniences to be that home away from home. Because when you're in the back country, you know, you're daily, you're breaking down your camp and you're putting it back up. And, um, so, yeah, the base camp, that's why I always go with the really nice base camp. And it's a good place for everybody to come together and do fellowship and have fun and make meals and just kind of have that camaraderie around a fire or whatever. So, Because, you know, during the day, you if you have six guys in camp like what well, we were supposed to, you have five guys in camp like we do, and you break off in a couple, two, three groups, um, you want a place to where everybody can – <clears throat> come together share stories cook and do that stuff
0: well yeah because so. as much as we want to put bulls down and, and notch our tags i mean still part of the reason to do this is it's you know it's it's fun you want to be around the guys you're in camp with and the fact is when you do break off in your small groups you're not it's not social hour <laughs> no you're getting to work <laughs> we're getting to work and we're <laughs> going up mountains and cutting up animals and you know backing them out of the woods so it's hard yeah um no I love the base camp setup and even where we set it up it's not like we're you know it's not like we're you know 3 minutes off the highway and we're here in road traffic either too I mean we're No
1: we're 35
0: minutes or 35 miles away from any paved road Yeah and so we're we're still way back there and um yeah I like the idea of hunting out of a cool base camp where you know, you get up and and you're you're kind of right there. It's not like we're also driving an hour out of the spot. I mean, I could I could only see the only downside to the way we're doing it, or the only real downside to a base camp that we're setting up is if you do come to find out that you know maybe there have been a group of guys and they're just blowing the whole area out, right? Um, and then all of a sudden you got to relocate it. Have you ever been in a spot where you? You've had to relocate your whole base camp, or when that happens, do you just decide, okay, we'll just drive to the new spot, hunt there, and then come back to the base camp?
1: We basically just hunt down, drive to the new spot. And what I have found, you know, the elk or where the elk are
0: going to be, you just got to hunt them.
1: And, you know, it, it's so funny because when you're out in the elk woods and um, you have a set of guys hunting this region and another guy setting, hunting this region, and then you cross each other on the um, – gravel road going to each other's hunting spots right yeah you're going from your hunting spot to their hunting spot and from there they're going from their hunting spot to your hunting spot because they think it's going to be better over where you're at but it it, the the dynamics are pretty funny i always find that fascinating how you'll go over into other people's
0: er areas and they're coming over to your area well it's (laughs) it's kind of like fishing right you got the guys on the beach throwing to the middle of the the river and you got the guys floating the river thrown to the beach, right? So, and then they're all missing the guys in the middle, you know, that's a, right. that, that's an interesting, that's an interesting way to put it. And it's an interesting perspective, but I guess to, to some degree then wherever you're hunting, wherever you're, wherever you're chasing elk outside of listening, you know, obviously if they're piping off, if they're bugling, you know, they're there, but um, I mean, Have you been in that spot where, okay, for example, when we were scouting, when we were scouting the other day or two Uh weeks ago, you were like, huh, I'm just not feeling this spot. So in your mind, it was like, huh, I just don't know. I just don't think that they're going to be coming through here. Have you ever felt that about a spot that you've established camp and, and, and have made the move? I mean, what's going to be that big determiner for you where it's just like, nope, we're sticking it out or, Hey man, we might, we might want to try somebody else's spot.
1: No, you know I've never done that because I do so much research up front. Yeah, that um, I am pretty confident that there's animals in the areas that I choose, and I follow my gut feeling, like like you were mentioning, and I do that a lot. I'll do that in, during the day. I'll be hunt, hunting in a particular area, and I was like, I don't feel it right now, you yeah. know. So the little blocks of around our base camp, and then I'll I'll just pull out of there and I'll go to another spot, and to, and then I'll go. Okay, well this feels right and then I'll get in the timber and you know sometimes I get into elk and sometimes I don't but I just kind of follow my gut feeling
0: so with you and you're thinking spots you're not thinking spots 2 hours away you'll you'll maybe get this this burn in in this general area or you'll walk over to yeah. the next canyon or maybe we'll we'll just go get this clear cut on this road it's not it's the i mean like from from what we saw 3 weeks ago there are a bunch of elk in this area we just might have to Do a little bit of work, rooting them up.
1: Well, that's just it. You just got to get into the timber, and you got to do what most guys don't. Most guys don't get in the timber around where we are. There's a lot of clear cuts. They want to go glass the clear cuts during the morning, and then the evening. And you get some guys that'll do some push hunts or get in there and call. Most guys are wanting to go back to their base camp, hang out and drink beer. Yeah. And you know they're they're there for the social hour. We're there for the social hour, but we're also doing. You know, our 5 a.m. to 10
0: p.m. job, and that's to have fun and get elk. Yeah, and that's what I did. Like, even when we hunted turkey, I mean, and every time we've gone out, it's like, we'll come out of the woods or this spot, and a truck will drive by, and we'll give them a wave. And they'll be like, hey, man, how's it going? And they're like, slow. And then in the back of my head, I'm always thinking, did you get out the truck? You know, and uh, you, know, you, you have to. And, and for me, again, I'd rather I'd rather I'd rather get out of the truck and put boots on the ground and see what's at the bottom of, a, you know, a drainage than I would rather just kind of, you know, listen to country music you know, with an open container in my, in my four-wheel yeah, exactly. drive, you know, so.
1: Well, in elk hunting or any hunting, it's work. Yeah, that's exactly You right. have to get out there and you have to get your boots on the ground. And <clears throat> like you always talk about those, you know, you got to fight those modern conveniences. Well, you get in a truck, it's been raining, it's warm in the truck, you got your heated seats on. And, I mean, these modern conveniences project that laziness and so guys are not going to get off the road. I, you know, I'd I say... Hey,
0: yeah, let them. Well, and you, I'm going to be in the timber. Yeah, and you're not going to hear everything. I, I mean, for I'll give you a, a cool story. I mean, last year when um, Tim, Dave, and I went on that late season hunt um, for elk, you know, we were we were stomping through pretty hard. And, you know, we come into a clear cut um, that was off the road, a clear cut that we didn't know was there, you know, because it was kind of blocked by trees. You couldn't see the clear cut from the road. But we came into the back end of it um, uh, from the bottom and we ended up posting up for a few moments and we ended up sitting you know probably for about 15 minutes just quiet um kind of slurping on water and and you know putting down a power bar or whatever and then all of a sudden we hear a we hear a break we hear a branch and i'm like tim do you hear that and he goes no i'm like well shut up <laughs> so, So we all listen, and then he heard it, and he goes, that's an elk. And I'm like, okay. And it was a nice foggy day. It was crazy. So I got to put a stalk on it. You know, Tim and Dave said, okay, Joe, go put the stalk on it. And that was the story I might have told in the podcast before where it was my first stalk, and I didn't realize how open I was because it was so damn foggy. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the fog lifted, and I was, you know, I was about 70 yards eye to eye with with a nice cow, and she saw me and bolted. You know, it was cool, but... You know that experience didn't come from sitting in the car. You know, you know it, we we were cold, we were wet, it was rainy, and you know it was more of an opportunity than it was you know a skilled skilled hunt. But still, the opportunity came because you're out in the elements. You know, and I think um, I think yeah. there's just a ton of value in that. So, um,
1: well, it goes to that ten percent success rate yeah. or twenty percent, depending on where you're at. You know, you have to create that success. You got to become a 10 percenter. And the only way to do that is you got to get out there in the woods and you got to listen and you got to just slow down. Yeah.
0: Listen, learn, screw it up.
1: Right. yeah, Yeah. absolutely. That's how we learn every, I mean, you don't learn to pick up your feet unless you trip over the damn curb 17 times. Right.
0: Yeah. And then I even think even that failure will make the success down the line even more sweet. You know, I'm even, you know, as, as we start the school year off, I'm trying to teach the kids my, um, you know, I'm trying to teach the kids the meaning of life, Jeremy. And <laughs> nice. I, so I do this, I do this using a, I do this like triangle thing that I do. So the, my my opening lesson with these kids, trying to get to know them usually starts with, hey, can you list your needs and can you list your desires? And then we define them and things like that. And then um, the way the lesson ends up tying together, which it's tying up today, is the kids are going to create this document where, their desires and needs converge into, like, one activity that they really like to do. Where, you know, for example, um, I tell them about elk hunting for me, where I can get a lot of my needs met. I provide meat for the family. I get a lot of fitness. I get, I get a relational aspect going out to and camp with good friends, but then also a lot of desires are met because I like archery as a sport. You know, I can get a, a cool trophy out of the animal. Like there's always, and then there when those, all those things converge into one place that that's where you really find true meaning to things. And that's where, that's where you can pursue your passions and have fun in that regard. And, um, you know, it's just you have to the hard and the, the effort and the, and the messing up, and it all leads to just a, a really meaningful experience. And um, uh, I'm I'm just I feel super fortunate to just be able to find the moment and the time and have the means to to get a couple more days in the woods and chase it, man. I just I'm fired up, dude.
1: Yeah, no, I. <laughs> I mean, I am too. I, I just that's why I'm leaving here in about. An hour nice. and some change. Nice. Right after we get off this podcast, I am dropping my wife and youngest son off. They're gonna fly to Boise and see my oldest son oh, nice. for the weekend, and nice. I am um, gonna pick up Tim and then go set up
0: I love base camp. camp. So, again, as we talk about setting up base camp, as we diverge into uh, the number forty-two and the meaning of life, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, let's get back to some camp options. I mean, so what are some things that if there if there were um, if there is one thing. Let's say that there's one high end convenience that you're going to bring to camp, and you've brought into camp for years, and it's the one thing that's heavy and whatever. If there's one kind of moderny convenience, you know, outside of shelter and being dry and stuff to set up a fire, that, that you would recommend bringing into camp, or one that 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 you think is super necessary, that that just is a big benefit. Um, what what what's that thing gonna be? I I mean, I would say I'd like that you bring that big old stove, man. Oh, yeah.
1: No, I love the stove. And I think um, one of the biggest things, and I haven't done this for a long, I haven't done this really much, but is a shower. I hear you. A little portable shower and have that there because I'm tired of smelling all you guys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm just kidding you. Um, <laughs> just having the, a portable shower is one of those like super modern conveniences because we got to cook food, we got to do that. So you're gonna yeah. you're gonna remember to bring that and everything. But having one of those little five or eight gallon bladder showers and um, be able to take a shower every night or in mid afternoon, um, I think that's it's pretty amazing when you can do that. And when we used to stay at the cabin, you know, we'd take showers every night and it was really really nice. Yeah. So. This year I've got an eight-gallon bladder that we got a shower, and I think Jeremy got um, the other Jeremy got a, um, a surround, a shower surround,
0: so nice. that we can take
1: showers out there. Otherwise, I was going to be out there butt naked, and you guys are going to have yes.
0: this. Well, on that note, I thought it was cool. <laughs> I thought it was cool, even when we were at Turkey camper, and you know that tent we took out to Turkey camp, that one we could stand in? Yeah, that was awesome. And that was awesome. And even that was cool where it was like a tent you can stand in is really nice for lots of reasons. And one of them, I had that same tent out at the um, Ragnar trail run. So what I ended up doing after one of my long runs, I come on in into that tent. I went right into that tent. I locked it up and I stripped on down and I was in there. I was in there with a bag of uh, baby wipes just going to town. And I will tell you yeah. what, <laughs> And you know, not only going to tell you, know, I was airing things out, doing a little dancing, a little jig in there. Um, it felt great to just yeah, there's- put fresh clothes on a fresh body. You know what I mean? So, so, so yeah, something to clean yourself or a means to do it where you're, where you're cleaning yourself and not laying in the dirt while you're doing it. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And you're not all clammy because normally what I always do is I'll put um, at night when I go to bed, I'll put on uh, the super thin layer of like long johns or you know something close yep. to my skin so I'm not feeling all all clammy and trying to sleep
0: at night. Yeah. I will tell you so, that the, the, the there's two conveniences that I'm going to bring to camp that I would really recommend. Last year when I picked up and went out to Turkey and Elk camp with you, I pretty much just slept on the ground on my sleeping bag. Um this year, um I brought it out to Turkey camp and I've used it at the Ragnar race was a, I brought a really cool lightweight um this mountaineer uh, mountaineer Alps uh, light uh, um, cot it's foldable it's light it's unbelievable it's it's i'll tell you what man it's as comfortable as my bed the um the 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 piece of material the synthetic material that goes over these aluminum poles are are it's it's pretty tight it's pretty firm um, but it's super comfortable I love it love that cot in fact um a buddy when I went out for one of my runs he's sleeping on this kind of chair by you know um out in the open because our our tent was just so packed i said hey man go get on that cot and when i come back from my run he goes damn that cot's good so, <laughs> i almost bought one it, the other day <laughs> it's a it's a listen I, that it's a it's mountaineer out yeah it's it I, it's their ready light it's i think it's called their ready light cot it's it's an unbelievable product um it's not i i got it pretty cheap not cheap but um i bought the floor model at sportco um, and I think I got mine for 160 or 150 bucks. Uh, they took They took some percentage points off plus they were running a sale that day. So I think on their website, I looked at it. that cot goes for 219. So I did pretty good. Um, and how
1: much did you pay for it again i, I think
0: i think i paid like for some reason i think the number 169 comes into head around 150 oh, okay. 169 uh they like said i got a couple points off because i got the floor model and you know when i got the floor model i was like hey you know a little scratch here a little this there meanwhile they didn't know my kids were the ones who boogered it up but uh you know we work it out but um because my, we know, when, I, when I take my it's kids... the uh, the ready light cot, Alex yeah. Mountaineering. It's awesome. But when I go when I go to SportCo and I go to talk with Ryan about the bow or if I'm looking around, I just let my kids go nuts in the tent section and they're always playing hide and seek. They like to sleep on the tents and the cots and it's fun. But the, the, the other convenience that I like to bring to camp, if there's one thing I like to do, it's to make coffee in the woods. So I love having oh, one yeah. of those little MRS. Um, I have a really light, the really tiny... Um, it's not, you know, it doesn't have the walls with some of them. It's definitely one for more backpacking. So sometimes on windy days, it's a bit of a pain in the ass to use, but, um, I love that little, that little, that little boil, that little stove. And I love that. I mean, even on a cold rainy day, like, you know, you're having a rough morning, you're not hearing much, maybe you get showered on your little wet, but there's something about a, there's something about a fresh cup of coffee that perk you up.
1: Hey man, I tell you what, we... We had a cup of coffee before we shot your turkey last year, and it was, you know, yeah, quiet. It. it was. We did a long hike, and yeah, it it does. I I like that. And I I got mine in my pack now too, with
0: a bunch of those yeah. Insta coffees from Starbucks. So,
1: yeah, so <laughs> I'm on
0: board with that game. Yeah, so sometimes you know, sometimes too, you won't always hard charge it, but sometimes you just need to maybe settle down, you know, and let the let the woods come to you a bit. So um, in that regard, right. in that regard, I think it's awesome. Well, um, um, so I, I want to end this Jeremy, with an idea that I have. So I okay. I got out of jujitsu last night. Um, so I want you to know about this guy Micah. Who's he's he's the he's the kickboxing instructor at the martial arts school I go to. This guy Micah is part spider. <laughs> <laughs> he's got like no torso, super long legs that are thick as a tree trunk and he's just got these long sinewy lanky arms that are just like like six inch like rope that you would you know you would you would uh tie down an aircraft carrier with and he's just uh-huh. strong fast whatever <laughs> the guy's part spider so the fact is when i roll with him He's, he's a little bit above me in terms of jiu-jitsu. So he's a high-level blue belt. I'm a low-level white belt. But he's got the right distance for me where he's just better than me experience-wise. But he's also a coach, so he coaches me through some things. But when we go for live rolls for the last few weeks, whenever I've rolled with him, he always gets my back, and he always rear-naked chokes the crap out of me and gets me every time, this guy, Micah. He's legit. Um, but last night... I went to a noki class. I went to get my last class in before camp. and uh, we were doing this drill where we take a guy's back and then we roll. So if you can imagine the coach is going to set you up in a scenario we've been drilling. So we were doing in wrestling what's called an arm drag. This pretend me and you were standing up. I would grab your, I would grab your arm with my outside arm, and then with my inside arm, I'd kind of grab the back of your tricep and I'd pull myself behind you and take your back. So we were Uh were working on different scenarios to do that. And then after we worked on all those scenarios on how to get there and what to do when you're there, the coach says, okay, we're going to start some live sessions, but you have to start with the guy standing taking your back. And I'm like, mother of goodness gracious. (laughs) Micah always gets my back anyway. (laughs) Well, the cool part was last night, for one, when I took his back I put a lot of pressure on him for once and I got I got the top I got side control on this guy it's the first time I ever got a dominant position on him so there's a win and yeah. then when he had my back he didn't choke me I learned how to defend the rear naked choke so I didn't pass out nice so so what it got me thinking as I was walking out to the car I was like you know I kept thinking I was like jujitsu and elk hunting aren't so different you have all these crazy scenarios for, for survival I was like the key to it when you're young, is to to appreciate the little victories. You know what I mean. So, so I think Absolutely. I think as I go into Elk Camp this year, I'm going to really look kind of just like Trent Fisher told us. Um, you know, to get the win of the day right. But I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm like, man, it was cool. I just was walking out going, man. Mike, you didn't choke me, you know? So, so it's great. So in that regard, man, um, I'm going to have that slogan, you know, appreciate the little victories. I'm just going to look for little moments, whether I get a cool picture for the kids or I, I bump an animal, see an animal, you know, if it all leads up to accumulating just a bunch of little victories along the way, I mean, I really think despite my urgency to want to fill a tag, um, I'm just trying to create this mindset where I can appreciate the moment. As, as you go into elk camp, um, you know do you do you have like a mantra or is is there something this year that's on your mind that that you know your goals might be different than mine you know i'm still in a, in a bit of a learning experience uh, i'm still trying to gather the knowledge and and some things and, and i'm still kind of drowning in the sport um you know twenty twenty 20 plus camps in i mean what's your mindset going into this camp
1: my mindset is just to enjoy myself and um see as many animals as i can and absorb the nature i i really don't ever go in with the goal of uh, i mean i always always say i'm gonna hold out for the big elk, the big bull and then you i did shoot say the that first...
0: during you said that you did when we were scouting you said this is the year i'm gonna get a big <laughs> one i'm gonna hold out. i'm gonna let you guys feel <laughs> your tags. i'm gonna let y'all feel your tags i'm gonna hold out for the big one <laughs> and
1: this year I, it, and i we'll see if a cow jumps in front of me like they seem to like to do, yeah. Then I might take it, but I don't know. Well, I've seen you go. So into I just, action. I don't really have specific goals in in mind, just because I don't know. I always have had the outlook. I always give a hundred and ten percent, and I always try my best. And I just try to absorb. Like, I guess the one thing I'm going to go in this year is slow down and have some patience. That's the thing I struggle with the most. I, I want to get. I always want to get to the next ridge. Yeah, yeah. And so this year I'm going to try to concentrate on working the areas and and working the the you know the regions that we're we're hunting and and my hope is to get everybody an elk this year. I would love for you to do that. <laughs> <You> know, rather... <laughs> Not saying that I'm going to be the pivotal point on it, but just we have a lot of young hunters, uh, two guys in camp that haven't hunted, and then we have two guys that haven't um, filled their tags have never filled an elk tag so um.
0: we're bringing to me and that's what I think that's super cool about the way you do it you know it's not this good old boys club and it's not just these are the rules it's like hey we're we're all learning we're in this together and you know I would love to have the conversation at the end of the camp to go uh you know rather than talk about how we divide up the meat how about you just take your animal And I'll take mine. That'd be the great way to do this. (laughs)
1: Exactly. And hopefully we fill that whole trailer up with antlers.
0: That would be awesome. And even
1: a few cows. I mean, shoot.
0: uh, yeah, I mean, look, I'm not gonna lie to you. I can talk about appreciating the small victories, but man, I'd love that big one. <laughs> That's
1: I'd, it. I'd love the big That's one. Why we if, get if, all the small ones yeah. <laughs> to will always equal the big one, right? If
0: notching that tag, I'd be great. So, um, but yeah. uh, well, good luck to all you guys. Um, you know, today was more of kind of chatting, going and out, but you know, it, I think I think the big thing is 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 we kind of as we kind of go through our little after action review, it's to again appreciate the experience you know, of being able to be, you know, blessed and fortunate enough to enjoy any time in the woods you can get. And then I guess the other thing is, man, is as you set up your camp, you know, it, it it's okay to make it convenient. You know, it's not glamping, you know, when you're in the elk woods, but you know what I mean? However you camp, you know, um, if, if you can appreciate those little things in your camp that, that maybe, maybe having those little things in your camp are what's going to be the thing that gets you enough rest or gives you that next moment to just reset your mind to to have success down the line i don't you know i think i think as you follow some of these situations everybody not everybody but sometimes there's a tendency to want to make it the most back country the hardest and you know go do it with a stick bow but however you're doing it and if that includes having a little jet boil in your in your packs so you can have some fresh coffee i think that that's okay
1: yeah i agree Sweet. Well, it makes it enjoyable out there. And you got to, I mean, everybody, you know, you could go out there and think you're going to see elk all day, every day. But the truth is you might not see elk for three or four days. Yeah. You might not hear them for six days. So you got to have something that brings you up. That's it. That's it. Because that can be get daunting sometimes.
0: Because I'll tell you what, the last thing you want to do is come home <laughs> and your wife says, how was elk camp? And she goes and you go, it sucked. And then she goes, Okay, I guess that means you don't have to go anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> And that's the last thing you want to, so you, want to happen. <laughs> you gotta come back with a smile on your face, folks, and I think that that's as much a choice as anything else. But um well uh this is um this is you know, backcountry and barbells hoping you guys, um, as you you know, a lot of western states have already kicked off. Washington's one of the last to get going, we'll be out this weekend. Uh good luck to everybody. Hopefully you're getting it. Hopefully you're notching your tag and um uh, man, I also think it would be cool the one other addition everybody should have in their camp this year is a new hunter. What do you think about that? Can we challenge folks to do that? If they haven't done it this year, maybe next year? That's a great idea. I think it is, man. I mean, I I think that's a... Invite
1: sk- a friend. To invite, and even if they don't even hunt. Yeah. You know, I've, I've invited people. I say, hey, you don't even have to hunt. Just come out. Enjoy it. You'll you'll like the camaraderie. You'll have fun. And you can cook dinner every night. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I like that guy. Let's get that person. In. You could be designated driver. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, very cool. Yeah, just
0: be at this clear cut at this time, please. No, awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, lots of fun, jury man. I can't wait to. Uh, I can't wait to see you guys. I'm coming out a little later, and maybe maybe another episode, another shorty we can do. We can talk about how you know all and that's the other thing all the guys in camp are full-time guys you know we have full-time jobs you know we have family so we've all found a way to find extra days in the woods so maybe that'll be for the next one guys so um um but until that uh jeremy um let's make sure uh let's, let's make sure that we're doing what we're saying on this podcast and we're um we're training hunting and living the best life possible and uh i'll i'll see you sir on sunday
1: yeah i'm looking forward to it buddy
0: all right, brother. Well, you folks have Bye. a good one. Train hunt, live, and uh, get after it.
1: God bless America. There it is.
0: <laughs> Can't end the show until Jeremy blesses the big, the big, the big, the, uh, the big stack of land we live on. We appreciate you guys.